We're in, a, in the Advent season, and uh, we have determined that the Christmas season, the Christ Mass, is about people being saved. So we have declared it to be the saving season. Say it, the saving season. And so in that it is the saving season, we have uh, looked at the Word of God. And as we have looked in God's Word, we have seen that uh, when, the, when the shepherds came, uh, that they worshipped the Lord. They had this great announcement of His presence. And so we talked about the good tidings of great joy. Look at me so I can remind you of this. It is God's intention for you to have joy. Amen. Some of you have decided that you can't have joy. That there's no such thing. But real joy, deep, deep joy that circumstances cannot destroy. Deep peace and real hope. But then there's another discussion that we want to have today. And it's about love. And Jesus came to bring love. And it's, it's seasons such as this that people kind of get lost. Sometimes they're very sad because of people that they've lost. But uh, sometimes it just gets so busy. Anybody ever get distracted besides me? Anybody ever struggle with some distraction? Wave at me. If, if, and, and I need to be awakened. It's one of the reasons I love that we come to church on Sunday. How many know that sets my compass a little bit better? Just being in the house of God. Something else that we find to be true is that uh, families come together around this time. But also sometimes families struggle around this time. In 2018, we spent the year just focusing on couples. Do I have anybody that's uh, married in the room? Any married couples in the house? Where are you? Okay. So can I, can I give you some, uh, here's an idea, okay? Love each other better than you've ever loved one another. Just love one another. Do I have any brothers and sisters in the house? Any, uh, any family? Anybody got family? Anybody? All right. So um, here's the deal. That the Lord has called us to love. And sometimes, I'll, just, I'll tell you the truth about myself. All right? And like, I don't ever tell you the truth. I've uh, been married for a long time. Uh, and, and sometimes I'm accused of being a little overly romantic. Excuse me. <laughs> If the tree lights and the beauty of this time and the time that I get to spend with my wife is not just something that really blesses my heart. Can I talk to couples right now? Because January is coming and we'll still be moving in Advent as we move into the beginning of January. Can I talk to people that have been broken, people that have a past? And can I tell you that it's God's will for you to have a Merry Christmas. Amen. Did you hear me? And I know that, 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 that terminology seems strange. So merry, joyful. Can I add to that a loving Christmas? Amen. Sometimes, oh, many times, oh, every year, the music will be playing in my house. And Diane and I will be there. And because it's also her birthday on Christmas. Uh, I'll take my wife and hold her in my arms, and I, I'm, I'm an amazing dancer. I didn't know if you knew that, but I, I'll give you two of my steps right now. Here's one. All right, here's the other one. Okay, so I, amazing dancer. 
Sometimes when the music's right, sometimes we just need to love one another better. Amen? Here's a blessing. Hey, Felicia. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light from now on our troubles will be out of sight have yourself a merry little christmas Make the Yuletide From now on Our troubles will be miles away See, here we are As in olden days Happy golden days of your faithful friends who are dear to us, gather near to us once through the years we all will be together. The fates allow. So hang your shining star up on the highest bough, and have yourself a merry little Christmas. I love it. <laughs> Faithful friends who are dear to us, gather near to us once more. Through the years, we all will be together. If the fates so hang your shining star upon the highest bow. 
messed up her song a little bit there. I, I want you to love one another more. I want you to love God more, and I want you to receive the love of God. And sometimes we take songs such as that 1944 Judy Garland song, Meet You in St. Louis, World War II kind of a message, and you feel the context of, wow, the world is a very uncertain place. Can I get an amen from somebody? I throw that little word in there, it's just kind of weird to me, though. If the fates allow, and I'm thinking, fate. But really the, the concept, the, the thought of that is uh, that uh, really, how many know that God is in control of our life? Does anybody know that God is in control? Just say, God is in control. And even though there is confusion, that somehow in all chaos, God shows up. And I want to tell you why. You ready? God loves you. Tell somebody, God loves you. Tell them, God loves you. I want to, just for a moment, talk about love from the topic, love is the reason. Say it, love is the reason. And I'm going to give you the great Christmas scripture. You ready? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I want you to be able to relate to that particular story. I want you to embrace it. How many have already read the Christmas story? Have you read it at home? Anybody read it? I mean, in my devotions, every morning, Diane and I are reading, and my devotions just stay. They're just hanging right in these, in these Christmas scriptures. Uh, scriptures from Matthew, scriptures from Luke, uh, Mark, and John. You might say, well, it's not in John. How many know it is in John? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The scripture goes on, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have beheld his glory. So the scriptures are full of this message. There are some words, I think, when I, when I talk about the love of God, sometimes when you're reading the story, uh, you don't hear that word love. And for us, it's such a confusing word anyway, isn't it? But you said you loved me. Well, you know, I didn't know that's the way you were going to be, you know, and... And off we go. You know, it's, it's confusing. We throw it around because we use the word love in so many peculiar ways. Uh, we love, you know, fudge sickles. Somebody praise God for fudge sickles. Anybody? Honestly, I was at the store the other day because Malachi was coming in and I knew we had to have fudge sickles. It's our thing. And uh, I walked up there and I, the fudge sickles, I saw a whole line of fudge sickles and it all said, uh, no sugar added, and I just, I didn't want those fudge sickles. I, I had to look deeper, and up on a high shelf, I found the fudge sickle that I wanted, because I love, I ain't getting any amens right now. Not, not, okay, anyway, so, I love, uh, have we ever had a white Christmas around here, maybe once or twice in the last hundred years? Uh, but uh, today we were driving to church and we had that Virginia Beach snow and we were trying to determine what frost should be called for us and uh, we decided uh, snuff would be a good word, okay? Okay, rather than things that come down, it comes up, okay? So it's, anyway, that's the thought we had. Here's, here's the scripture that I want us to look at that. God so loved the world. Say, he so loved. 
so loved. I want you to look at that. And I, and I want you to consider of all these scriptures in uh, the word regarding Christmas, Luke chapter 10, uh, 2 verse 1. And we had it quoted so beautifully, many of these words. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. All of this is important. That all the world should, would, should be taxed. That all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. How many, anybody know that all of these things are important to who Jesus is? Everything that I've read. It's important who Jesus is. He was of the house and lineage of who? David. David. So Jesus is born of the house and lineage of David. And to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. So uh, what's your favorite part of Christmas? Anybody know? What's your favorite part? Somebody needs to say Sunday morning church. But okay, you already missed that. Um, I mean, if I could change some things, you know, uh, wrapping paper. Anybody love wrapping paper? Okay. How many think it would be good if you could just put it in the bag under the tree? Anybody think that would be good? Just now, how many love wrapping paper? You love wrapping paper. Okay. Uh, how many love food? Um, I I love food. I, I'm I'm careful to tell you this. How has anybody ever been given food, and you said thank you? Yes. And then you ate it, and you said, praise God anyhow. You, know? <laughs> you guys always feed me very well, but I do have a trash can named Spot. So I can always say, oh yeah, it was great, it hit the spot. You know, and... <laughs> All right, you done? Uh, that's hilarious. I don't care who you are. That's funny stuff. I like movies. Anybody love, love movies? Okay. Anything Griswold is okay with me. All right. So uh, I even love the Griswold cousins. I think they're hilarious. Might have some. Um, I love the lighting on the house. You know, when he lights up his house. I, I love the turkey. When they cut the turkey, it goes. I love that. I love the cat that got wrapped up. And he, I kept telling the whole movie, you haven't seen it, the squirrel, you know, I, I love the kidnapped boss. I love, here's what I love about it. It's funny, but it's about all the family imperfections. Say imperfect, say it, imperfect. I'm just helping you right now because some of you think when you say, have yourself a little Merry Christmas, that somehow everything is perfect. Look at this pastor. It's not, all right? Uh, I love my favorite part. I love when my children are all home, when they come to the house. I love being with this house, my freedom family. I'm blessed with moments of peace and joy. Somebody shout peace and joy. I love it. And, and my heart is very whole. And when, when it comes to my family, here's my, here's my issue, all right? And some of you will understand this. Uh, you know, anybody 1960? Hello. All right. As, as we, Cliff told me this one day, he told me, nobody tells you about getting older. Nobody tells you. Nobody sits down and gives you that. It just kind of jumps on you. And then I began to experience that, you know, just 
what? You know, how, how did that happen? You know, uh, goodness, Malachi turns 13 this coming year, all right? That's weird. See, somebody said, what? How did that happen? Well, the same way you've got your age. That's how it happened. But uh, I have realized that one of the big deals, and I recognize that during the season with, with my family, is my soul is tied to them. Anybody get that? You say, well, what's up? Why, why? My, my father, when we, when we gather in Ohio, he will stand up before us. He'll pray and talk to us and he'll weep. And we'll smile. There goes dad weeping again. And I can feel it coming on. And, and I can only imagine when he sees all of those grandchildren, all of those great grandchildren standing around him, his soul is tied to them. His his. His mind, his will, his emotions, his heart is tied to them. So Christmas is a family story. Get it? Christmas is a family story. It's a story of family. Uh, in that Luke 2, 3, and 7 where they all went to be registered in Mary and Joseph. They go to the town of David. Do you know what should have happened in that town? They should have had a family gathering. They got relatives in Bethlehem. They have relatives there. So Mary and Joseph, during the first Advent season, they travel to Bethlehem. It seems to be a government required, but, requirement, but it is more than that. It works out prophetic revelations. Joseph and Mary of David's line. That's why they go to Bethlehem. But it's also pro prophesied that Jesus, the Messiah, would be born in Bethlehem, And so we sing, oh, little town of Bethlehem. But it gets there. And how many know what the problem is? There is no room in the inn. I mean, there's no place for them to stay. So I get this. Anybody get this? The family gets bigger. Our story this year in traveling to visit family, you know, my brother John, my brother Kelly live there in Chillicothe. We'll make a, a trip. Uh, there for a few days so my, my father will come in and all the family this year my older brother Dan remember last year we were praying for my brother Dan he had had a stroke uh, my brother Dan is fully recovered and uh, yeah so this year Dan now Dan I always have to think about it, has six kids that have children of their own the oldest and his wife have seven kids Nobody knows how many grandchildren my oldest brother has. We just recount every year. You're looking at me like I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth, okay? I love my brother Dan. I love all of my nieces and nephews. Don't ask me to recite all their names right now. I have to remember that. I don't see them that often. So they are all planning to come. Most all of them are coming to Ohio. So my brother John calls me on the phone and says, Rick, you know, I uh, uh, just wanted to help you work out arrangements to stay when you come. And my brother Kelly calls and tells me, but, you know, we got a bunch of grandkids in their house and a bunch of grandchildren in this house. And so we're, we're, we're going to end up staying at Airbnb, you know. So uh, why? Because there just ain't enough room in the inn. You say, well, it's, it's family. Listen, you say, well, pastor, it's just too much trouble. I don't travel to Chillicothe, Ohio, because I'm looking for a good place to sleep. I, I'm, I'm not traveling because all my relatives have it all together. I don't always have it all together myself. 
I'm going on a pilgrimage. Sometimes to count the family. Sometimes to remind us of certain things. Sometimes to look at my father. Do you hear me? To look again at my dad and my extended family. To be counted. Do you hear me? To be counted. I want to be in the number. And I also want to express love. And now hear this. I know you said, Pastor, you got this all together. I also need love expressed to me. Right. Pastor, you need to be on that. No, I'm not. I'm not beyond it. So, again, so big statement. We regularly say that Jesus is the reason. But also today, I want you to say that love is the reason. Love is the reason. I, I love all the nativity scriptures. I, I get it personally. Uh, you know, the, what we just read where Mary takes the baby and wraps the baby in swaddling clothes. You have all of them. I put them all in your notes. The, 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 the angel and the multitude of the heavenly hosts. Okay, so this is not five angels that stand around. We're talking about thousands of angels that appear in the heavens. And they shout, somebody shout, glory to God in the highest. Shout it, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That is a warfare moment. And then they, uh, the shepherds go to Bethlehem. We find uh, Mary and Joseph and the baby in Luke 2, 16. And, and, and the shepherds, they all see them. And everybody's telling the story. Jesus is here. The Messiah has been born. Now, I love the nativity. And if that were my child, I'm telling you, how many, anybody remember having a kid and just telling everybody about it? Anybody remember that? It's like you can't stop talking about the baby. Uh, pictures. How many have pictures of grandchildren right now that you could show me? Where are you? You got pictures. How many have more than one? How many have more than five? All right. How many have more than 25? How many have more than 100? Anybody? Come on. Can I get an amen for somebody? All right. So uh, 200. So Jesus was in a manger. The house is not necessarily together and everyone is showing up. Uh, it's beautiful. And when, when you tell me you have pictures, when you tell me about this, it's part of the story of how much you love your kids. When I was growing up as a boy, I always thought that I knew that parents love their kids. And I always believed that my parents loved me, but I never really knew just how much they loved me until I had mine. And on occasion, I'll see my grandchildren and with their parents, and I might have said this once or twice, looked at my children as they look and adore their baby, and I say, I love you like that. It just, it's a reality. Do you understand that? And then I look at my own father, and I realize how I love my own children, my own grandchildren. I think my father loves me that particular way. Now, Joseph is a good man. And when we, when we see uh, the angel and Joseph, I love this story because in Matthew chapter 1 and 18, we see the angel coming and Joseph is struggling. Mary is pregnant. Uh, he has never been with Mary. And this is a struggle that he now has. And so an angel, a visitation. Anybody ever need a word from God? Anybody ever need one? Because life is so weird. And Joseph gets a message from the angel. And here's the message. Don't be afraid to take Mary. Don't be afraid to take her as your wife. She's going to give birth to a child. And this 
child that she is going to give birth to. The child. She is pregnant because of the Holy Spirit. She has not been unfaithful to you. You need to trust me and not trust the world. Amen. Anybody ever have those moments in your life when the world is chaotic? And Joseph is a good man. Now there's going to be a child that is going to be born. And he is going to be the father, but he is not the father. Everybody hear that? So he's, he's the daddy, but he's not. But he's a good man. A man who was selected personally by Father God for this mission. What a good man. What a loving dad. Now today, we lit the candle of love. And while I was reflecting on the Christmas season and my message for today, the thing that kept coming back to me was the love of the Father, specifically the Father's love for Jesus. Remember, God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, the Father's love for the world, the Father's love for Jesus. And we know that God loves Jesus because it's all throughout the Scripture. But we also hear these words from the Father on this Advent Sunday. The Scriptures that are read seem not to be so Christmas. But Jesus, after He is born, after He lives His life as a child, after He gets older... He knows of his cousin John the Baptist who has the spirit of Elijah upon him. And he is proclaiming the kingdom of God has come. Repent. Prepare yourselves to receive the kingdom of God. And they ask John, are you the one? Are you the one that uh, is to come? Are you the Messiah? And John said, no, I'm not even worthy to get down on my knees and untie or tie his sandals. He loves Jesus. And Jesus comes to be baptized. And John says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He takes him. And the Bible says that Jesus is a different kind of baptism. Sometimes I wonder if we're willing to be baptized the way Jesus was baptized. Because baptism wasn't just a time of getting wet. It was a time of prayer. It was a time of hearing from God. It was a time of receiving the Spirit of God. So... While all the people were being baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. Read this. And while he prayed, and while he prayed, read it with me, the heaven was open. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son in you. Did you hear that? Who is speaking from heaven? The father is speaking to the son. Do you think the father says things that are unnecessary? Do you think the father ever just sets up and says, I'm just going to tell somebody I love him? No. How many think the father, when he says what he says, he means what he says, and those he speaks to need to hear what he says. Some people have, or have a real struggle receiving this. So I, I want you to see this. Jesus 
knows who he is. How many believe Jesus knew who he was? Anybody believe that? Early in his life. I mean, you teach your children things. I mean, you have family pictures hanging around and you point to them. I always have Lucy hanging on my wall and I point it out to the kids on occasion and say, Lucy, that's great, great, great grandma. You know, you need to remember Lucy. She's the one who first had faith. I love Lucy and I tell people about Lucy and, and my other relatives, Richard and Tilda. And we, we have other relatives. We have uh, Grant and Ida. We have John and Mary. We have, uh, uh, we have uh, uh, Paul and Eleanor. We have all of these relatives so you'll know who you come from. If Mary and Joseph had pictures, they would have had some pictures and they might have pointed out Joseph, but you know the story of lineage was very, very important in Jewish culture. You had to know where you came from. You had to know all the way back to what tribe and where you originated and who came out from, came from Egypt. So Jesus grew up knowing that though Joseph was an earthly father, he literally was born from heaven. So, you know, like Mary and Joseph were ever on the Maury Povich show. He would look over at Joseph and say, Joseph, Jesus is not your son, Jesus Joseph is not your father. But Joseph and Mary got along, so it wasn't going to be a big issue. But this is an important point. The father makes this huge statement. I want you to look at it here in John 31 because let's use the word adoration. Just use the word adoration because it's, it comes, it's, it's more of a Latin kind of an understanding. You don't see the word adore so much in Scripture, but we understand this powerful parental moment. It's really a salvation kind of a scripture in John 31 and 22. The heavenly father sent Jesus to the, to the earth. So we see some incredible things going on with love here. Here's what I want you to see. Uh, when, when, the, when the angel uh, announced the birth of the Lord Jesus, the father released the son to leave heaven and be born as a baby. But the love of the father never left the son. I know you have an idea of what this means today. When we talk about being saved, we talk about being saved and delivered and healed. And I want you to see the scripture as a salvation type of scripture. I don't know everyone's story in this room, but let me give you some foundational direction. It's important for you to receive the knowledge that you are loved. And without that approval, do you believe that Jesus needed to hear the Father say that? Yes. How many believe Jesus needed it? Yes. I mean, up until this point, perhaps he had not necessarily heard. He had had a still small voice. But now he hears in front of everyone else, this is my beloved son. Listen. If Jesus needed the love and approval of his father, how much more do we need love and approval? Jesus is God on the earth and the power of the blessing will settle his life. Perhaps you know what I'm talking about. I'm so blessed to have had amazing parents, but still some of you will know what I'm saying. I have met many people with emptiness in their life. And the emptiness is directly related to the lack of of being told that they were loved. 
The lack of being told that they were important, that they mattered. So on this Christmas season of Advent, on this morning, can I speak to you on behalf of your father? And will you listen to me? There are things that the father wants to move. And yes, there are things that the father wants to change. How many know that? God would like to do some things in my life. Uh, How many know that in the coming year you would like to see God change some things in your life? Is there anybody? Some things about you. Maybe your thoughts. Maybe your actions that the father. Okay, now now hear hear this. I want you to hear me. Look look at me. Wherever you are, look at me. Look at me. I've got a message. From the Father. You are his beloved son or daughter. Amen. You are his beloved children. You are loved. Now wait, wait. And he is pleased with you. Now wait, some of you are saying, but I've done some things wrong. Wait, wait. Grace is messy. Can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. All right. I'm going to ask you this. When your child was born... Had that child done anything for you? Had they cooked you supper? Had they bought you a gift? No, no, no. They didn't. They're just your child. Okay, now I want you to know. Listen, you were born to be born again. When you were born, God already had his eye on you. Now hear what I'm saying. The father loves you. He cares about you. And he wants to be one with you. I was... uh, Thinking of this, somebody say beloved, say beloved. beloved, because the word beloved is bigger than just loved. It is loved, loved, loved. All right. So tell somebody, I love, love, love you. Say, I love, love, love you. Okay. No, try it sometime. I love, love, love you. Because everybody says, I, I love you. No, I love, love, love you goes beyond. It's like when Jesus is on the throne of the angels saying, holy, holy, holy. It's not holy is not good enough. So when Jesus hears the words from the father and he says, you are my beloved. Really, what he's saying is, Jesus, I love, love, love you. And then pleased. You know these words. You've heard me say them a few times. You are such a great gift. Amen. You're such a good gift. I was uh, sitting in a little Arby's restaurant around the corner the other day. And Diane and I had some lunch. And we were grabbing a sandwich real quick because we were moving fast. And there, were some, there was an ambulance that pulled up and some folks that came in and got some food. And they grabbed their food and they started to sit down. And uh, the radio went off and they started packing up their food and started running out the door. And I just, and I, I prayed for them. I said, Lord bless them. I don't know where they're going, you know, uh, but just be with them. And I, and I was contemplating it. The Lord reminded us that spiritually we are all EMS workers. Because you are going to find people in your life regularly that are not loved, who do not feel loved, and, and you're going to see their sin. You're going to say, I wish I could change their life in this way or this way. If you would just stop doing this. Sometimes we raise our children that way. Stop doing this, stop doing this, stop doing this, do this, do this. And that's how we think the Father is. How many are grateful for the Son, Jesus? Anybody grateful for grace? Because here's what happens. Here's what Father does. Hallelujah. He looks at us and he loves us right where we are. Before you love him, he loves you. And the father's speaking that to me. And he's saying, that's our work. That's our emergency. 
You're going to see people constantly in your world who need to hear this message that they're loved and that, and that you're pleased, that the Father cares about them. You're going to hear this. But how are they going to hear this unless they hear it from us? Amen. So there are three things that we need to hear and experience from Father God. Are you ready for these three things? Say it. I love you. Keep saying, you are my child, and I am pleased with you. So the Father is saying publicly of Jesus, publicly, I love him, I love him dearly, I love him so much. And Jesus needed to actually hear his Father tell him that he loved him. And you and I carry the same needs in our own lives. Yet for some people, they have lived their entire lives without being told on a regular basis that they're loved. It's often so neglected that people have expressed to me they don't feel the need to be told they're loved. You know, And so you just eliminate it. You get to that point in your life where you have this wall build up and somebody comes up and they greet you and they, you know, a family member, I love you. And it's like, you know, you've got to make sure that that doesn't penetrate your heart. And you're so busy making sure it doesn't penetrate your heart that you, uh, you, 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 you push away those individuals that could bless you. When the Father speaks his love over your heart, you don't have to go searching all over the planet for it. Because if you don't receive love correctly, you will look in all the wrong places to receive it. Somebody tell somebody, I love, love, love you. Say it. I love, love, love you. Now look at the second things he says. He says, this is my child. You are my child. Not only does the Father speak love over Jesus, he speaks Identity. Say it. Identity. identity. How many know we got an identity crisis in the world we live in right now? Amen. And the reason we have an identity crisis is because we desperately need Father's love. And can I speak to fathers? Can I speak to dads in the room? Dads, you need to open up your mouth. And you need to tell your wife. You need to tell your children. You need to tell your grandchildren. Not one time, two times, three times. But you need to make sure by your presence and by your words that they are loved. And I'm saying this right now. And somebody who's been abandoned, somebody who has been lost the same pastor, I'm surviving without that. And I'm telling you, that's all you're doing. You say, well, what do I do? How do I overcome that? The Father wants to remind you of who you are. So if you've been lost all your life, if you're looking for love in the wrong places, if you've been abandoned by mother, by father, if you've got these wounds in your heart, I want you to hear Heavenly Father say through this pastor right now, you are his child and he loves you. Amen. You're mine. And finally, I'm pleased with you. It's the third thing that a good father delivers. Approval. To his sons and daughters. See saying I'm proud of you. Is not an arrogant pride filled statement. The meaning of the word here is. To be filled with delight and pleasure. When I look at you. I'm filled with delight and pleasure. Many people walk through life. Without connecting to this from God. Did, did you notice that Jesus received this from the Father before he did any of his other ministry? 
Before he did any ministry, before he began to preach, before he began to travel, the father spoke what he needed to hear. How was he called? How was he able to take steps? How were the dead raised? How did the leper get cleansed? How did he do these things? I'll tell you, he did them because his heart was whole. His heart was free. He knew that even though he was going through difficult times, that the difficulty that he faced would not negate the fact that Father loved him, that he was the child of the Father, and that he was pleasing to the Father. You're going to go through some difficult times. When a father gives approval up front, it satisfies a need in our hearts. You and I need to receive validation and approval. Without it, we end up making terrible choices and delving into the very needy behavior that destroys us. We look to anyone and anything to fill that empty void in our hearts because we're trying to get our identity in other places. This is healing. At Christmas, we should come and we should adore Jesus, but we should not leave the manger hating our brother and our sister. Jesus didn't come to give us Christmas hymns. He came to change the way of living into loving. And he calls us to the Lord, the Lord your God, with all our heart, to love the Lord with all of our heart and to love one another with all our might and to love our neighbor as ourself in Mark chapter 12. I want us to heal some folks today. Would you stand with me? Come Holy Spirit, be with us in this place. Keith, would you put just those three statements back up there again? I, lo I love you. You are my child. I'm pleased with you. Let's say it. Everybody say it. I love you. You are my child. I'm pleased with you. Bow your heads. I don't know if you realize, but there is absolute warfare going on in the world right now trying to stop you from receiving this particular message. The enemy knows that if you don't receive these simple things in your life, that you will struggle continually. And if you're like millions of people who have not had these experiences, you can begin to position your heart before the Father right now right now and I'm asking you to pray say so why pray because it's the posture of Christ before he was baptized so just focus on the Lord just close your eyes and focus on Father remember if this was important for Jesus the one who lived the perfect and sinless life don't we need it also say this. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Say it. Father, I come to you. We need to know who you are as a father. I choose not to live in confusion. Regardless of my earthly father, Regardless of my past hurts. 
I need to come to you today. I praise you, Father, because you are the perfect loving Father. You are my source, my source of healing. You are my source, the source of my identity. speak so you try with me okay Abba Father I accept that I am your child I receive my identity through you before anything else I am first your child before my vocation before my earthly family before my ministry before anything else I am your child I receive your word I am loved. I am your child. I am a good gift. You are pleased to call me your own. God, I thank you. And I seal this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Stay right there. Stay right there. Stay right there. Some of you perhaps are in struggle in this morning. I would love to help you. I'd love to see healing in your life. So while your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, for those of you that would say, Pastor Rick, I severely struggle with my identity. I struggle with being loved and accepted and forgiven. I struggle. I struggle with my past. I need to begin my road of healing today. I know this is really tough for you. Just wave at me. Just wave at me and say, that's me, Pastor Rick. That's me. Yes. See, that's, that was a hard hand lift, wasn't it? That was tough. Try to walk out of your seat and come to come to stand with me. All right, just try to walk out of your seat. Now you lifted your hand. Try, if you can, to take a step and come in. Just come and walk with me. In fact, I'll come on down to the altar to meet you here. I'll come on down to meet you somebody, find two or three people perhaps, but here's what you do. You ready? I want you to tell them two things. One, you are loved. Say it, you are loved. And secondly, you are a good gift. You are loved and you are a good gift. Listen, this coming Tuesday at 6 o'clock, we'll be having Christmas Eve service, candlelight service here in the auditorium. I hope to see you. Before you leave, Find two or three people. Tell them they're loved. Tell them they're a good gift. God bless you all. Have a blessed Christmas. Let's pray.